I, I just want to encourage you. Wednesday nights have just been amazing. Being able to sit in his presence and just soak up his presence and, and his love for each one of us. And so um, we, it's prayers, prayer and praise or praise and prayer. And so I just encourage you to get out. And, and there's just a time of, of uh, fellowshipping with him and listening to uh, what he has to say to you and how he wants to change you. And in this hour, we're going to need that. We're really going to need that because I know there's been a pressure, a pressure on the church, pressure in the spirit realm. I don't know how many of you felt that pressure, but it shows up in just little things going on. Tit-tats, strife, something not working, wrong thinking, whatever. It just shows up that way. And so we're just going to talk about some of that today. But I I just want to share with you that last Wednesday night, I I really, God is so good. He wants to get across to each one of us what we need to do, what our part is, and how we can change to accommodate this new thing that's coming, the new thing that's coming. Everybody understand there's a new day coming? Now, I don't have all the answers. Somebody asked me, well, what what do you see as a new day? Well, I don't have all the answers, nor probably should we have all the answers. We might want to run the other way. But, you know, he's he's got it all He's got it all laid all out. All we have to do is, you know, that that word that was given to us uh, recently. Well, it was last year, about a year ago, about to um, uh, run forward and heed instruction. You remember that part's very first part of that song that, that Kim wrote. Run forward and heed instruction. See, we don't have to know everything that's going to happen. Like I said, we probably, our flesh probably would want to run the other way. But we just have to be obedient to do what we know to do at this moment in time. Okay? And I really believe that, that God is wanting his church to get into a place of being able to fellowship and have a personal relationship with him. That, that fellowship time, worshiping and praying, that time of fellowship. And um, I, I, it's, just, it's just wonderful. Anyway, I started to say Wednesday night then, there was just a... Um, in, in the spirit realm, I'm talking about the spirit realm. You know, everything happens first in the spirit realm, then, then here next. Well, I just saw the presence of the Lord, and so I just seemed to usher him this way, ushering him in, ushering him forward into this, this uh, uh, time or in this place. Or, and it seemed closer to me. But then as we were praying and interceding, the, we prayed for the evangelists to come forward the evangelists to come forward. You understand what I'm saying? The evangelists to come forward, that's going to be a real need when when revival hits, when people get to a place where they need God. The evangelists are going to be important. And um, so if you're called to that position, you need to get yourself ready. But everybody is an evangelist, right? Aren't we all? Let's look at, let's look at Mark 16, please. Everybody is called to be an evangelist, but there are certain ones that have that calling on, just like some of them are called to be pastors, some of them are called to be prophets, some of them are called to be apostles. And those two offices, I believe, are changing as well. They won't be known or be seen or not, not necessarily not seen, but things will be a little bit different that way as well uh, with those two offices. 
Pastor is pastor. Pastors are always leading the sheep. Amen? Nothing wrong with that. It's a tough job. But pastors are always leading the sheep sheep into green pastures. Amen? That's pastor's job. Okay, so Mark 16 says, 15 actually, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. That was spoke to everybody. That's not just the evangelist's job. And it's not it's not the pastor's job, but it's everybody sitting in here. It's your job to go into all the world and preach the gospel. So I will have to say, do you know how to lead somebody to the Lord? Do you know how to talk to them about Jesus? Do you know what is the next thing that needs to happen to them after you, they accept Jesus as Lord? Can anybody tell me? Yes, uh huh. That's right. That's the. It's actually the whole thing should all happen at once. Should all happen at once. You know, it really should. So, so, and then, then what are we going to have to do with these people that come in? They're born again, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and they don't know anything. (laughs) I mean, really, what's the next thing? They have to all be discipled. So you guys have all been in training and are still being in, being trained to know what to do and how to disciple these people, how to encourage them, the steps that they need to take, what scripture verses they need to memorize. Amen? Amen. Do you know that? <laughs> do you know that because you have been sitting and learning and receiving from the Lord Do you know how to bring a healing manifestation to somebody's physical body that's in pain? Do you know that? Do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus did pay the price on the cross so that you can be healed? And so can the person next to you? Do you know that these people are set free from fear? Do you know that? Do you know that torment is a lie? Torment's a lie. We have been given everything. Say, I have been given Everything that pertains to life and godliness in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I have been given everything. I have been given everything that pertains to life and godliness. Amen. Do you know that? Do you know that? I think I, I was, as I was prepping last night, I think I'm going to start putting signs up saying, do you know? And this is a new thing you need to know this week. Do you know you have been set free from fear? Do you know that by Jesus' stripes you are healed? Do you know that there is a new day coming? Do you know? Amen? Do you know that? Anyway, so there is a new day coming, and, and it's getting closer, and the body is continuing to prep. And understand those things that are coming. So let's look at um, Isaiah 42.9, please. Isaiah 42.9. And um, that is Old Testament, guys. <laughs> Excuse me. We're going to be in the Old Testament a little bit more than usual. But um, 42.9, Isaiah 42.9. Okay, 
So let's see. Verse 9. Behold, the former things have come to pass. Now I declare a new thing or new things before they spring forth. I proclaim them, proclaim them to you. Now I declare new things before they spring forth. I proclaim them to you. So we have known about the new things coming probably for three years. We don't, like we said, we don't understand everything and, and the timing on everything. We don't know all that. That's God's business. But we just need to do what we're told to do in preparation for all that. Let's look at Isaiah 43. Just flip that page over then to verse 19. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. Amen. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. And that, that new there um, is, is, speaks of the word shift. There is a shift. And you know, when I was in um, Tulsa, that, that's the thing they spoke over me, that there is a shift coming. And so I said, yeah, I know I've been in it for a while. But <laughs> I think I got to looking at that later. Um, um, I think we're just starting to come into the edge of the shift. Change, <laughs> shift, change. There we go. So, but anyway, but I, I was aware of the shift coming and the body of Christ. If you're spending time in the presence of the Lord, if you're spending time in worship, you would know that there is a change coming. Like I said, we don't understand all of it, but, but when I was in uh, Tulsa about three weeks ago, that was spoke over me that there is a, a shift coming, a shift and so um, I'm just sharing with you so that you are aware of it as well. And not let it press you down or let it um, cause disruption in your whatever you're doing. But we're going to talk about some of the things that you can do in the midst of it. So um, let's look at uh, Daniel 2, please. Daniel 2. And this is... Um, verse verses 20 and 21 Daniel answered and said let the name of God be blessed forever and ever for wisdom and power belong to him and it is he who changes the times and the epochs he removes kings and establishes kings he gives wisdom to the wise man and knowledge to men of understanding it is he who reveals the profound and hidden things. He knows what it is in the darkness and the light dwells with him. Amen. Amen. So there's a new thing springing forth, a shift coming quickly. Amen. Greek words. Um, we're we're going to talk more about the new thing. And let's, let's look over at Matthew, please. Matthew nine seventeen. Matthew nine seventeen. Let's see here. Um, this scripture verse is talking about the new wine in old wineskins, and so uh, I'll just go ahead and read it. Nor do men put new wine into old wineskins; otherwise, the wineskins burst, and the wine pours out, and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into fresh wineskins, and both are preserved. In that. 
ability that we we became a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. New things have come, old things have passed away. So that is a new thing. And so we have to have that new wineskin in order to have that new wine and that will preserve. So as we are walking out this new day that's coming, we're going to have to um, deal with any cracks in your wineskin. <laughs> Can I put it like that? Um, let's see. I think it's the, I think it's the message. Um, I think it's the message Bible that says, does anybody have that in here this morning that talks about the new, the new, uh, do you have that Ruby? Talks about the, the wine skin, both in, both are preserved and, Oh, okay. All right. No problem. It's probably, um, do you have it, Jeff? I think it says something about cracks. Am I right? Um, it's, um, 20 or 17, Matthew nine seventeen. It says, um, neither do people pour out new wine into old wine skins. But they, it's, I think that's that last part, but they put new wine, put new wine into yeah, fresh. They do, the skins will burst and the wine will run out and the wine skins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wine skins and both are preserved. Okay, you know, that message. Anyway, anyway, there's an, uh, there's a way that the wine skin will be cracked and you, it doesn't preserve, it doesn't hold. So the, the church is needing to deal with their wine skins and that's what's happening right now in that place of pressure. We shouldn't be moved by what we see or feel going on. We need to be moved by what God has said in his word and not and not um, yield over to the things that the, the demonic realm would be doing to us. Amen. We shouldn't be yielding over to that. So we need to uh, know how to handle those. It's like and, and there's two different words for n- new. There's the neos, um, which and it talks about here which uh, is a new car. It's like, an, it's like you, you order a new car, but there's all these other new cars. Or there's nothing really different about them. And then there's the Greek word kenos. I don't know if I spoke that out right. But it's uh, recently made, unused. It's of a new kind. So like, if, for example, a Model T Ford, really old, and then you have a brand new car. So that's new car because it's so different from the Model T Ford. You know what I mean? So different from the old style. Okay, to see the difference between the two news. And so if you look at that, then the new wine into fresh wineskins, so both are preserved. Yes, Jeff. Okay. And you don't put your wine in cracked bottles. Yeah, you don't put your wine in cracked bottles. You need to have your wineskin in a place so that you're able to receive, it's able to receive the new pouring, outpouring of the, the freshness of the spirit. Amen. Your wine, your wine skin needs to be that. And, and we shouldn't be, it's like I said last week, you know, where the, I was talking about the faucet and how a faucet will get plugged up and it will get maybe half full or whatever. And you don't get all the water coming out of your faucet like you should. And so you have to clean that out. You have to get rid of the junk that is a hindrance to that faucet flowing fresh. So when you get rid of that junk and that hindrance, 
what's going to happen to the water, the fresh, it's going to pour, more of it's going to pour out. Since that's what we're after as a church, we want more life flowing out of us. We want more power working in us and out of us. We want more love flowing out of us. We want more of that. So if you're trying to, um, you're just not going to be able to stretch or be able to allow the, the things of the spirit to come in if your wineskin is in disrepair. <laughs> now, I know that we get, it's talking about being a new new believer there. But at the same time, aren't we supposed to be taking care of our, and growing and going from glory to glory? Aren't we supposed to be doing that? Amen. Amen? We're supposed to be going from glory to glory. Okay. Um, so let's, let's, uh, let's look at, um, so God is always preparing us, prepping us for the, the next things that are, are coming, whether we understand the whole picture of it or not. He's always preparing. He knows exactly what you need and what Bowen needs may be something different than what Kaylin needs or what I need. Maybe you, maybe you're walking, maybe you have half your leg missing. Let's just say you, you need more love in your life. Bowen, let's just say that. Or let's say, Kaylin, you need to have more, um, power working in your life but that's something different for you but God's working with both of you to accomplish that to cause that to become more fruit in your life more fruit in your life so he's going to be talking to you about some different things and he's going to be talking to Kaylin but as a whole as the body of Christ we're all working together we're all supposed to be moving from glory to glory in faith to faith we're all supposed to be changing and rearranging amen so if you look at um uh, God's always preparing us for more wine, more to hold more wine. Okay. Um, there, and sometimes it isn't always fun, those changes, but there's always a blessing and a victory after that. It's, it's, it's not always fun to have to deal with some of those things. And I will tell you, you know, when Richard left, that was a, that was a shift that we knew about for some time, but we didn't know exactly how it would unfold. But as we got closer to it, we started realizing how that would unfold. But it was a, it was a pressure. It was a thing that I did not want to do. I did not want to happen. I really didn't. But I had to stretch my wineskin so I could allow, because see, God wanted to, God wanted to bless me or anoint me with a, a greater, um, anointing, a, a calling to be the pastor of this church. But I didn't want things to change. I didn't want things to change. I wanted them to stay the same way that they were. Well, do you think that would have brought increase to the church or brought change to the church? Do you think some of the things that we've learned and I've taught is things that this body needed to hear to ready themselves for for the new day or for revival? I'm I'm hoping so. <laughs> I'm believing so. But I didn't want that to change. It was a comfort place for me. And I was just fine sitting back there in that chair in the back. I was fine doing that. I was fine doing what I had always done. And basically I'd always I'd always pastor the church, even with my husband. Not knowingly, but I was always doing the counseling. I was always taking care of this and getting that done and this done and that done. I never taught the word though. So that was a new thing for me, and I had to step out of my comfort zone to do that. 
So God is asking each one of you, I'd have to say, to step out of a comfort zone someplace that maybe you haven't changed in your life. Is there a place that you need to step out that you haven't done before? Maybe it's just praying more in tongues. Maybe it's coming and worshiping the Lord. Maybe you've never done that before. Maybe it's coming on Wednesday night to worship and give him glory. Amen? Maybe that's a new thing for you. It's not a, it's, it's, you're not comfortable doing that, but you can still step forward and do that. Nobody's going to beat you over the head here on Wednesday nights if you don't get your hands up in the air. <laughs> Just come and worship the Lord. Spend time loving him. Do you remember what I said last week? When you love him, he ministers to you. Draw near to him and he'll draw near to you. When you spend that time with him, he's got blessings abundant. He's going to show you things to come. He's going to show you the next step in your life. Don't we all want to know that? He's going to show you not. Don't do that tomorrow. That's not going to work. He's going to show you that next step. Amen. Okay. So it's just like a lobster. How many of you know what happens to a lobster? <laughs> no. Well, I know it's pretty good, but <laughs> no, but you know, a, lo- a lobster, you know, a lobster has to get rid of its shell. Does everybody know that a lobster gets rid of its shell? Yeah, yeah, he does. In order to grow, a lobster has to, get, yeah, to eat. A lobster has to get rid of his shell so he can grow. Now, granted, if he doesn't make that choice to step out of that comfortable place, because, you know, when he gets rid of his shell, he's very vulnerable. He's very vulnerable. But, you know, um, if, if that lobster never made a choice to get out of his shell, do you know what? That shell becomes his coffin. That's good. That shell becomes his coffin, his place of bondage and eventually a place of death. See, that's why God's instructed us to go from glory to glory and faith to faith, not to stay put. That's why, that's why you need to be in a church that's preaching the truth, preaching the gospel so that your spirit man has that opportunity to grow. Your spirit man has that opportunity to expand and not stay in that, in that place that's comfortable. And like I said, I could have stayed in that place. But I wouldn't have grown, and I believe I have grown because I made that choice to do that, to step out and do that. And so, so, so just think about the lobster shell. Every time the Lord tells you, I want you to do this, and you don't want to do it, just think about if you don't do it, you're going to just stay stuck in that place, and you're never going to expand what God's called you to do. You're never going to get it done. I'm serious. You're not going to get it done. Now, look at Zach and Ruby made that choice to move up here. They made that choice. They could have stayed put or they could have whatever, but they made a choice to be obedient to the Lord and come here. You know, well, you know, they were just being obedient to the Lord and the Lord's working with them and causing things to change and expand. Their wine skin is getting refreshed and getting built up so that they're ready for this new day that's coming. They have a big part to play in that. Amen? Amen. Just like each one of us does. Each one of us does. Okay? Okay. Seeing that that shell on that lobster represented a place of safety, a place of, 
oh, I'm okay. I'll just stay put right here. I don't have to do anything for you, Lord, do I? But you know what happens? You die right there. I'm concerned that a lot of that has happened to the church at large. They, they are comfortable coming on Sunday mornings and singing a couple of songs and then not really worshiping the Lord, not really getting a relationship with the Lord, not really learning what God has for them. But then they go home and, you know, the whole next week is fine if I'm in sin next week. No, it's not. It's not fine. If you've got an area of sin, deal with it. I've got, to, I've got to come back to that. I've got to come back to that because I know there's areas that are popping up here and there <laughs> that people need to deal with some of these things. If you've got some areas that aren't, aren't God-like, get rid of them. Get rid of them. If you want to be a part of this end-time revival, this end-time thing that's, <laughs> that God's getting ready to do, get rid of the sin areas. I can't say that enough. And you all know we've talked about sin. You can find a number of places in the word of God that talks about sin. You all can deal with that. All you have to do is, if you spend time with the Lord, he's going to talk to you about where you're missing it. Absolutely. I mentioned this last week. You cannot come into his presence and not hear where you're missing it. If you're, if you're absolutely in his presence, you're going to hear. He's going to convict you of what you're doing wrong. It won't be condemnation. I was doing some studying on that. was a part of the message. But it will be a conviction because he loves you. And he wants, he wants to show you the sin in your life. And he wants you to change that. Condemnation is not from God. That's from the devil. And all it does is push you down so you won't make a choice to follow God. Does that make sense? Conviction is is so good to have to be able to be convicted of something we're missing. If we're missing it or we're doing something wrong, then we have the conviction from God because he loves us to make that change. There isn't one person in here that he doesn't love and esteem higher than the other one. Everybody sees all of you the same because he sees you by the spirit, not by the flesh. And he loves each one of you. And he has the very, very best for each one of us. Amen? The very best. Well, that's not happening to me right now. Big deal. Is that going to mean, is that mean you're going to stop loving God? Does that mean you're going to stop serving God just because things don't look right right now? I mean, people do that. They walk away from God. They walk away from God just because they don't see anything change in their lives. Well, maybe you're the person that's going to bring the change. Oh, man, it's so quiet in here. It's so quiet. Is that convicting? Oh, you don't need to raise your hands on that. Anyway, let's let's look at 2 Corinthians. I want you to see that scripture verse. 2 Corinthians. Oh, it's amplified. 2 Corinthians. It probably would be good to memorize the Amplified. Has anybody done that in here yet? <laughs> I knew that was a funny question. Amplified? Memorized? Amplified? Second hmm? um, Corinthians 3.18. And all of us, as with unveiled face, because we continued to behold in the word of God, 
as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are constantly being transfigured into his very own image in ever increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. We're we're being transformed from one degree of glory to the next degree of glory. That's what we're after. We're not after staying in the same spot all the time. And I know it's just like that lobster feeling vulnerable. It's not easy to go from glory to glory. That means you have to surrender something to the Lord. That means you have to repent of something. But you know what? On the other side of that is the blessings abundant. It's freedom from from things that you've been held in bondage. Just like the lobster knew he was vulnerable, but at the same time, when he had that, got that new shell, it was going to be a splendid thing because he had more room. Amen? Amen. Okay, so I want to... Um, uh, let's go. Let's go to um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, about the importance of this day that we're in. Um, um, God's the one that's changing the seasons and the shifting and everything that's going on. Our part is to be obedient to do what he tells us to do. And that means we don't have to know everything that's going on. Okay, so uh, we need to be on the alert, and especially in prayer or in worship, because he'll be talking to you. Be flexible. You may think you're supposed to do this, and he'll say, nope, I want you to go this way instead. Okay? Um, Be ready to shift. Be ready to make the change that he's getting ready to do. Um, Let's look at numbers, please. Numbers 14. 14, we're going to talk a little bit about, well, this has got to do with more of um, the opportunity where this had passed for them to be able to uh, uh, make that shift or make that, they, they basically they had sin, they had missed it, but we're going to start with verse uh, 20, I believe. So the Lord's in, and I'm in chapter 14 of Numbers, verse 20. So the Lord said, I have pardoned them according to your word. But indeed, as I live, all the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. Surely all the men who have seen my glory and my signs, which I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, yet have put me to the test these ten times and have not listened to my voice, shall by no means see the land which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who spurn me see it. But my servant, Caleb, because he has had a different spirit and has followed me fully. I will bring into the land, I will bring into the land which he entered and his descendants shall take um, possession of it. Okay, so see that, see, Caleb was the only one that had kept before him the things that God had done. That's one of the things that we need to do in the shift. We need to know that God is God and God is a miracle working God and he's done that before and he's going to do that again. He's in, I mean, he's in that business right now, but we're not. He's in that business right now. I'll just leave it at that. Verse 31, then. Your children, however, whom you said would become a prey, I will bring them in, and they shall know the land which you have rejected. See, they had rejected that land. And then I want you to look here at verse uh, 39, then. 
And when Moses spoke these words to all the sons of Israel, the people mourned greatly. Well, whose fault was it? Whose fault was that? It was their fault, wasn't it? They rejected God. They didn't do what he said to do. Verse 40. In the morning, however, they rose up early and went up to the ridge of the hill country, saying, Here we are. We have indeed sinned, but we will go up to the place which the Lord has promised. But Moses said, Why then are you transgressing the commandment of the Lord when it will not succeed? So they basically, they had missed their time. They had missed the opportunity to um, be involved in the new thing that had come. They missed their opportunity. They had said no. Verse 42, do not go up lest you be struck down before your enemies, for the Lord is not among you. So what they were trying to do is they were trying to still do what God had told them to do. But because they were behind, they also were in a place of sin, but because they were behind in everything. In verse In verse 45, then the Malachites and the Canaanites who lived in that hill country came down and struck them and beat them down as far as Hormah. So so they had been um, missed it. They missed it. They tried to still go do what the Lord had asked them to do. But because their timing was off, everything was off. They had repent. They they had missed it. So basically, I just want you to see that there is a place where we have to be alert and flexible, be on time with the Lord so that we'll walk in that new thing and not miss it. You know, like if you if you were going to catch a train in a train station, let's say the clock in the restaurant said the, the train was leaving at 8.01, the clock in the restaurant said 7.59, and let's say the clock in the store said 8 o'clock, and you go to get your ticket, and the guy says, oh, train's already left. It left at 8.01. So you missed your train. You see what I'm saying? Even though you were looking someplace else, you missed your train. You missed the opportunity to get on. Okay, so I was talking about the pressure, um, and that word pressure is the oppression. It's a, it's a crush. Uh, it causes you to totter. In, in the midst of this change, it causes you to wobble and not be um, stead, steady on your feet or steady in the midst of everything that's going on. You become insecure. Um, so in order to get out from underneath the pressure, which is I want you to understand how do we get out from underneath that pressure? I want you to look at Ephesians then. And this is something we should be doing. And you should, this is a, this is one of those, do you know? Do you know? When the enemy comes to oppress you, do you know what to do? Do you know what to do? Well, yeah, that's good. Praise one. Ephesians 1 is where we're going. Do you know what to do? See, you're the one that's going to have to deal with the oppression. I can pray and I can help. I can stand in the gap and, and, and I don't mind. I have no, um, uh, problem praying when you come to me for prayer. I, I'll, I will pray for you every time. I don't care whether it's sickness or whatever it is. That's where I'm at is praying for you. If I have to pray for you 10 times, if you're standing against some kind of sickness, I will do that. You know, but what I'm believing for in the midst of that is for you to come to a place. You're doing something in between those prayer times to build yourself up so that you can resist the enemy yourself and bring your healing or get free from fear, or get free from torment, whatever is going on. But I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem praying 
155 times for the same situation. But you need to be building yourself up in the midst of the whole thing. You need to, you need to get the word. You need to feed on the word. You need to pray. You need to worship. You know what I'm saying? You need to be doing those things. And so Ephesians 1, 3. So this is one of those places where you need to know. Do you know? Do you know you have authority over the demonic influences? Whether it be for sickness and disease or whether it be for your family, whatever it is, do you know you have authority? Do you walk in that authority? Do you know you have it? Do you know you have it? Now, authority is not just raising your voice and being really loud. That's not authority. Authority is knowing that you know that you know. When I speak to that devil, it has to go. You know what I mean? I know that I know. If I command fear to go, it has to go. Do you know that? Do you know? Amen? Okay, so Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So we, we already talked about that. He's blessed us with everything. But are you going to hold on to that? Or are you going to let the enemy steal your peace? Are you going to let the enemy steal your physical, uh, can, your, he, your life, your healing? Are you going to let the enemy steal and, and uh, your, your um, finances? Are you going to let the enemy do that? If I've told you this before, but if a big old sow, how many of you have seen a big old sow? I was raised around big old sows. Anyway, you uh, let a big old sow come in your house that's been wallowing in the mud pile. Are you going to let that sow stay in your house and spread that mud around? No. Well, what are you going to do about it? It's not my house. It's your house. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to chase it out? Are you just going to sit there and let it happen? Huh? Are you going to sit there and let it happen? Are you going to say no in Jesus name? You get out of my house. You get out of my house. You take your dumb junk and get out of here in Jesus name. (laughs) Are you going to do that? Are you going to do that? Anyway, okay, Ephesians one twenty. Let's look at one twenty. Now, which he brought, I mean, I'm not reading the whole thing, but which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. This is talking about, this is what he did with Jesus. He seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. What does the right hand, what does that mean? What's the right hand mean there? Yeah, it's a place of power and authority. Okay, and then verse 21, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only for this age, but also in the one to come. It's a forever thing. It's a forever thing. They had authority back then. We have authority now and the generations to come will have authority if we're here that long. If we're here that long, verse 22, and he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church. Amen. So then let's look at um Ephesians 2. So we know that the right hand, we're sitting in, oh, let's read this first. Ephesians 2, 6. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So where are we sitting? Where are we sitting? Huh? (laughs) Where are we sitting? We're We're sitting in heavenly places, but... What hand is this? (laughs) Right hand. Yeah, we're sitting at his right hand. We're sitting in the same place that Jesus is sitting. We're sitting in that same spot. So Jesus, the right hand is is 
of power and authority. So if we're sitting in that same right-hand position, what do we have? Power and authority. All right? But also, one more thing here. He's, he's got everything under... Um, far above all rule and authority in verse 20 says, and put all things in subject, uh, subjection under his feet. So everything is under, is under subjection under our feet as well, right? That's why we can say in Luke 10, 19 that we, we've been given authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. See, we're seated together with him in heavenly places where there's power and authority in the position that we're in. Not only power and authority, but everything that you look down upon, your situation shouldn't be overwhelming you. Your situation should be under your feet. It should be under your feet. And you should be treading on it. If it's not a godly situation, tread on it. And you know what? It may squeal like a pig, stuck pig. It doesn't make any difference. Tread on it. Step on it. Get rid of it. Get it out of your house. Now, I, I will have to say, if you break the power of a demonic influence and command it to get out of your house, if that person or whatever is going on doesn't want free from that, they'll go too. Okay? Don't be surprised. It doesn't make any difference. Either, or either God is God and Jesus is Lord of your home or not. Kick it out. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. It's not blessing you and it's not doing anything there and it's not helping you. It may, it may, may help it to get out. Is Jesus Lord or not? Is Jesus Lord of your home? So if Jesus is Lord of your home, does that mean the demonic influences have a right to be there? <laughs> no. A dirty old sow doesn't have a right to be there. You know, and sometimes when they're dirty old sows, they want to have their babies. So, I mean, you don't need all that other junk running around, too. Okay, so um, we are sitting in a place of authority with the demonic influences under our feet. We're sitting in a place of authority. Say, I'm sitting, I'm sitting. in a place of authority. I have authority. I have authority. Everything is under my feet. Now, when we say everything, we're talking about what, what it said in verse 21. Okay, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, to talking about that. Um, James 4, 7, let's go over there, please. James 4, 7. Submit, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Of course, then we we talked about this last week, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. So submit, therefore, to God. We already talked about that. Surrender, submit. Submit means he's Lord of your life. And that's the end of the discussion. Submit. That's the end of the discussion. Is Jesus Lord of your life? It means to be under his obedience to be submitted to him, willing to do what he tells you to do all the time, not 99% of the time, but all the time, not half the time, but all the time. Do you know if you're submitted to the Lordship of Jesus and you're submitted, there can't be both at the same time. But if you've got a demonic influence or you've got sin in your life, you know what you've done? You've given half your power or some of your power over to the devil. You don't have all the power that God's 
God's given you if you have the Lord, if you have a demonic influence using you. You don't have the power, all the power that belongs to you. You don't. If you've got sin in your life, you don't have all the power that belongs to you. Did everybody believe that? Yes, Jeff. Yes, go ahead, please. So let God work his will in you. Yell a loud no to the devil and watch him make himself scarce. Say a quiet yes to God and he'll be there in no time. Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field. Hit bottom and cry your eyes out. Funny <laughs> games are over. Get serious, really serious. Get down on your knees before the master. It's the only way you'll get on your feet. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Get serious. I mean, I, I would have to say that's God's cry in this hour. Get serious with God. Are we going to get serious with God? Are we going to do the works that he did? Are we going to do that? Yeah, I had, um, I think I had uh, submit yourself. Let's see, resist. That means to stand against him. Resist the devil and he'll he'll flee. Do you know what that word flee there means? He's going to run from you. He's going to run from you. He's going to flee. He's going to run from you. But I think we have the mentality that we just have to put up with his schemes and tactics. We just have to put up with him. I'll get through this day and it'll be better tomorrow. Why not deal with him today so that you have for sure a good day tomorrow? Huh? Why do we put up with him? Now he, I know, I'll tell you, he's not going to like this. But I don't care. <laughs> I don't care at all. He's not going to like it because we're ready. We're getting ready for revival and we're going to have to know how to deal with the demonic influences. You know that in a, in a place of revival, when God's glory is increasing, the demonic influences, that all increases too. And so that's why it's so important that we know how to deal with it. We know how to deal with it. Deception. I mean, all of that. We just need to know how to, how to pray, how to hear his voice how to be led by the how how to be led by him and not led by the voice of a stranger. We we need to know that, don't we? Yeah. Isn't that right? Mm-hmm. So I I will have to say, um, take care of your wineskin. Deal with those areas that need to be dealt with. Be ready for that new. New um, wine. I know there's a twofold process there. I mean, I know they're talking about the the new birth, but there's also there's also us for us to continue to keep cleaning us ourselves up so that we have more power, more life flowing through us. Amen. That's what we want. We want more power. That's why we sing that song: more love, more power, more love, more power flowing through us. Amen.